Apocalypse Rock. Chapter 23. Probably not a chimney fire. It only took ten minutes for the old cabin to burn to the ground. Its well-seasoned timber frame provided great fuel for the flames. When Doug and Bear had come close enough to see the flames rolling out of the cabin windows and front door, they called the fire department. The two stood across the road under a tree, watching the flames until the firemen arrived and hosed down what remained of the charred structure and surrounding garden. Even though the previous day's hot spell had dried things out, the now pouring rain helped keep the old trees that neighbored the cabin from being consumed by the fire. Only some branches got caught and charred. The fence and path through the garden were untouched by the flames, and the little blue plaque reading historical structure was still there alongside the mailbox. Behind it smoldered the foundations, the remains of a ceramic fireplace, a metal chimney folded by the heat, a warped brass bed frame, a shattered toilet, and partly melted clawfoot bathtub stuck up from a hot mass of unrecognizable debris. Decades of July's life, a century of Sternum Island history, incinerated in a few minutes. After half an hour, the fire was subdued. The rain grew heavier and helped pummel the cinders down into the mud. Fire Chief Mike Goggins lumbered over to Doug and Bear in his heavy protective gear. He pulled off his helmet and mask. Hey guys, he said. Where's July? No idea, said Bear. We stopped by earlier this morning, but she wasn't home. Sweetland arrested July yesterday after the meeting, explained Doug. Now we can't find either of them. We checked with Terminal Vancouver Police this morning. There was no sign of them. July's front door was open and the window smashed when I got here earlier, continued Bear. We shouted for her, but she didn't answer. Mike frowned, unzipping his heavy jacket. The three watched the white smoke and steam waft up from the fire. We're getting into chimney fire season, said Mike. You guys see any smoke coming from her place this morning? The pair shook their heads. So if it wasn't that, Mike wondered aloud. Maybe she had some camping fuel or propane in there or something like that. Mike pondered the smoldering wreckage for a moment. But that was quick. Even for a small wooden cabin like hers, she'd have to be keeping a barrel of gas inside to call something like this. Doug pointed to the shed nestled back in the large garden, untouched by the blaze. So I keep all of that stuff back there, he said. Mike shook his head. We're going to have to get a specialist over for this. Officer Singh's cruiser pulled up behind the fire truck. Mike lumbered over to the cruiser and fell into discussion with Singh. Doug coughed. His eyes stung from smoke. The wind's direction had shifted, and the smoke blew over Doug and Bear. They covered their mouths and closed their eyes, and the smoke moved on. The sting of the smoke made Doug's eyes water up and tears streamed down his cheeks. Blinking to ease the pain, Doug caught something move through the smoke, across the blackened skeleton of July's cabin, just at the edge of the garden, where a thick wall of brambles rose up. Almost invisible in the grey tangled mess of thorny vines stood the tiny figure of a child, staring right back at Doug. Another waft of smoke billowed into Doug's eyes, making him yelp. You okay? Bear asked. Doug blinked his eyes open again. The child had vanished. 
Did you see a kid? Doug waved his bandaged hand toward where the child had stood. Over there. A kid? Bear replied. I can't see a thing. Apocalypse Rock is written and read by me, Nate Budzinski. For more, go to apocalypserock.xyz. Thanks for listening.